Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode 21, if you keep a track at home. By the way, 21's a great movie if you ever want to check it out about, uh, what is it, the Blackjack, the card, the card game. Fantastic movie, by the way. But Kevin I'm Ryan. Spacey. Absolutely, great movie. Uh, not such a great human, but a great movie nonetheless. I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker here, as always, with my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, welcome to the episode. I hate to highlight Kevin Spacey to introduce myself, but... He was the star of that movie. I mean, yeah. terrible guy. No, he was. He was the star of that. Great movie. to be here, though, brother. Twenty-one. Absolutely, twenty-one. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling twenty-one. Sorry, Taylor Swift. Here we go. We're gonna keep it rocking and rolling. And uh, no one in the studio today. It's just us, Jolan, going back and forth. But we had Eric Moltner in the studio last week. I went nine. And, I went ten and four on my picks. There's only fourteen games. One got canceled. Two teams were on buys. And uh, Moltner won. He had almost a perfect week. Kind of scary. I, I'm still counting counting the votes. Oh, wait, that's election day in a couple weeks. I was still counting the, the scores, and but he's had, he had a very, very good week. Um, the Patriots did not play last week, so that pick obviously did not. That was the game I mentioned that got canceled. Um, so on the year, I'm 49-29, and 29, 20 games above 500. That's pretty good. I'm going to continue to try and ride that this week. But we want to jump into the NFL, Joel, and unfortunately, again, the headline of the NFL is COVID, and it's the headline of the world. I, unfortunately, it's just fortunately the way it has been. But the NFL seemed to have such a good grasp on it, and now here we are. Teams are testing positive. Teams are teams. You had the Titans who came out strong against Buffalo because everybody was beating them up for being the COVID carriers. Well, it's also weird to look at the NFL because you have the NBA who analyzed COVID and had a perfect foolproof plan to run their championship and play off and win. I know the NFL and NBA, it's different contact injuries and stuff, but it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL moves forward if it does mean secluding players to a certain hotel, secluding them to a certain workout regiments where they can't be in contact with the public, things alongside that. And this is what I've talked about. I think they have to bubble themselves in their own cities. Go to a hotel. That's their hotel. They need food. They need a brand-new TV. They need speakers. Okay, Johnny Schmo, the intern, can go get that stuff. The players should not be going out to the public. They should be very, it's got to be very, very close. But, Jolan, I'm upset because we keep seeing this stuff. Guys, we we had to do it with baseball. We absolutely ripped baseball for what they were doing or the lack of what they were doing. I'm getting to that level with the NFL. Guys, I'm watching high school students in Pompton Lakes, a small school in New Jersey. I'm watching them act better than some of these professional athletes when it comes to restrictions and things they can't do during COVID. Okay, that's that's a problem. And the NFL should be embarrassed in certain instances like that. Okay, again, there's going to be positive cases. That's just the way it rolls. But they have to take better care of themselves. And we don't know. Like New England, a place like New England, who, by the way, just had to shut their facility today for a second positive in the past couple days. What, what are they doing? We don't know. We haven't heard any reports. Are they are they being lackadaisical about it? What's going on? We need to know, and there needs to be transparency because those guys need to be punished to the fullest extent of Roger Goodell's powers. Well, and that's the thing. You said it. It's what they're doing, and are they being lazy? Like, this is it's, it's a really easy disease to just be lazy around and forget it's kind of there and go about the norm. And if things are running smooth, it's kind of easy to go about that. But the second they don't, that's when you realize you should have been active instead of reactive. You could take steps to get your ball club in the right position to not show up all these tests. And they need to. And they need to. They absolutely need to. We still have some false positives coming out. 
Indianapolis had a big thing that they had to shut their facility because it was reported that several members within the facility had tested positive. Those all came back as false positives. Atlanta had an issue where they said there were four players that tested positive. Schefter put out a up Adam Schefter put out an update about an hour or two later saying no, it was just one personnel member and it was a member not it was a non-player, which is important. So again, we're still all trying to figure stuff out here. But again, if you're the NFL, get moving on this thing. Be be proactive, not reactive, like Jolan said. It's very that's a very good line to use for them. And they need to continue to do that. But this is what we've seen, Jolan. They were lazy to even get their protocols in place in July. They had from March until July, and it took a player movement on social media to get that done. Okay, that's you know, that's a league that to me right now is is being they're not fully reactive, but they're much more reactive than they are proactive right now. And I think they sugarcoated it a little bit to kind of move forward with the COVID thing. But like you said, they have taken steps to be like, okay, let's size up the roster to 63 people. They haven't been implementing the use of that. So what's the even point of doing it? It's, it was a bunch of things to pander to the public, I think, and they didn't have an actual plan. And now the season looks like it's in jeopardy. It is, but I'm going to say everybody pump the brakes. I think we're okay. I really do believe that they're going to get through this and and they they really do but again this is one of the things when your buddy acts up you get on him harder than you would a stranger why because you expect more out of them that's why i'm getting on the nfl because i expect more out of them on a daily basis so let's get to the field maybe not even on the field just yet Le'Veon bell Jolan, we had some big big news Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, um, he actually got released by the Jets, surprisingly. There was a plan that Adam Gase and Joe Douglas had been shopping him for about a year now. Joe Douglas inherited all those players of the Jets. So Adam Gase let him go, and then he narrowed his teams down to the Miami Dolphins, I believe, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And since the Jets are paying Le'Veon's salary, he decided he wants to go try and win a Super Bowl. He signed with Kansas City. What a genius. Genius. What a genius. The Jets did say they want to pay him to win a Super Bowl. Here he he is. He goes from, like, I I think the Jets have, like, graduated from dumpster fire to, like, forest fire. Like, I think that's what their organization is like. It's spreading quick. (laughs) Right. It's spreading really quickly, okay? So, Joe Douglas needs to get a handle on it. And so, but Le'Veon Bell, good for him. A guy that, ever since Adam Gase got there, it didn't seem like he wanted him there. And, again, I know the Jeff fans are upset that he didn't get traded. Who is going to take Le'Veon's contract? There's a reason nobody else gave him that money. Okay, so why would they trade for that contract right now, especially when his value is about as low as it could possibly be right now? Good for Kansas City. This is a thing we see with championship teams, Jolan. Everybody kind of needs that tweak that brings a little bit of juice to the team, a guy that's trying to prove himself, a guy that has yet to win a ring. That's Le'Veon Bell right now, and it's another weapon, another unique weapon, by the way. You've got the fastest guy in the league, in Tyreek Hill, who could potentially be on an Olympic team. Miko Hardman's not too far behind him. He'd probably be his backup on the Olympic team. you got Travis Kelsey, who's a freak at tight end. you got Clyde Edwards, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU, all the things that he does. And now Le'Veon Bell, you got him. He's a, ru- he's a great runner, patient runner, so he'll let the holes open up. But he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Very, very unique aspect to add to this offense and the most important thing i think it adds personally is that red zone play action you had clyde edward hilaire getting stops inside the five a bunch of times this year now you have Le'Veon bell who proven himself in the steelers he's good for 125 yards a game passing and through the air so in the red zone i can guarantee Le'Veon bell is going to be the centric piece there and uh here's the interesting part of the whole thing about him going to 
the Kansas City Chiefs. They play the New York Jets November 1st. I hope that's the game Adam Gase gets Look canned. out. Look out. They, they, there's a report that says it could be early November that Adam Gase gets fired. So imagine Le'Veon Bell putting Adam Gase out of his misery. Just all ima- oh, the headlines, the eyes looking. Oh, my goodness. What a run. It would be a be. bow on Adam Gase's career. Absolutely. A very pretty bow, too. A very pretty bow. Uh, now moving into some sadder news. Joel, on this past weekend, we did. Uh, we saw the Giants lose again. No surprise. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys. We saw Dak Prescott suffer a nasty, nasty ankle injury. I could see it in your face when I mentioned it, and it was my reaction when I saw it. Very cringeworthy, borderline making you sick. Okay, and Jerry Jones, man, this is why Dak wanted to get paid. The NFL fans, this is why your dude holds out. Okay, because again, they probably will sign Dak or franchise him. But this would not be a problem had he had his long-term deal in the offseason. Well, I think that's the thing you have to think about. And I know it's it's very sad to talk about, especially right after an injury. I was kind of on Twitter like talking crap to guys, talking about the money thing right after the injury because it's, it is sensitive. But a couple days later, you need to digest the fact that this still is a business. He bet on himself. And unfortunately, it didn't go the way he panned out. Do I think Jerry's a good guy and he's going to keep him for his dollar? Of course. Jerry's a good guy. But does this mean Dak is now worth the potential CBA going up and him getting $45 million a year? I don't think so. It's going to be very, very hard to come back from an ankle compact fracture. Right, but now what you've done is you're Jerry Jones. You've created sympathy for Dak Prescott. So in a, in a business, everything's about leverage and negotiation. Now you've got sympathy of, of Cowboy Nation behind Dak Prescott. And again, now now hindsight, Jerry could have got him for cheaper than, than maybe he will. Who knows? We don't know. But what I will tell you is, is I understand it's a business, but this is a business in which guys get to respectable levels in the league and they get paid, especially in Dallas. Oh, he'll still get paid regardless if it's a backup the rest of his career. Right, but especially in Dallas. These guys play well, they get paid, they relax. That's why the Cowboys are mediocre like they normally are, but they all get paid. Why was Dak Prescott not the only one paid? That's the $40 million a year question, $35 million a year question. Well, Who knows? We don't know. Who? What went through Jerry's head? Jerry did offer things. If you don't remember, he offered four years. It was like $35 million. It was things Dak didn't want to do. He wanted a shorter, more money deal so the next CBA he could get that long haul. And so it, it, they offered five. Dak wanted four. But this is what I'm talking about. This to me, a one-year difference, that's very, very petty of the Cowboys. Because, again, if Dak takes you to where you want him, you're go- you're going to pay him regardless. Whether he's on a fifth year or he's a free agent, you got to pay him again. It doesn't matter. My problem, like I said, I disagree with Jerry Jones' decision not to get that deal done. Because, again, if Jerry wants it done, he'll get it done. I promise you that. So I feel bad for Dak. We hope he has a very speedy recovery. He had surgery Sunday night. He was released from the hospital early in the week. So uh, prayers up to Dak, and hopefully he can come back stronger than ever. I think Alex Smith, seeing him make a comeback, obviously it's not the same injury, but seeing him come back from his scary injury, I think leads us to believe that Dak can come back. Dak is a tough dude. Listen, even as a Giant fan, he's one of the toughest dudes in the league, just durability-wise, injury-wise. So we wish him all the best, and uh, hopefully he recovers soon. 100%. Right, so... Jolan, it's time to get into our Week 6 
picks. Week six already. We're over a quarter of the way through the season. It's uh, it's getting pretty wild and a little testy here in the NFL. Oh, 100%. And I just want to say sorry to Moltner. I got him in here last week off a of Yankees loss in game five. I thought the Raiders were going to get smacked. Raiders won. Well, the Raiders won. He made he me pick, my words. He picked against them, so that's not really... He had the spread. That's really he had not the spread. ideal. For betters, he was in good terms eh. for betters. But let's get, just get into the, this week's matchups. I'm pretty sure it's week six. Yep. And let's start off simple. We have the Baltimore Ravens, 4-1, and one, at Eagles, the 1-3-1. and one. Um, Carson Wentz has a total QBR of 53.1. He's 25th in the league. Um, no Eagles quarterback has ever led the season in picks. And Carson Wentz leads the league with nine interceptions through six weeks. Yeah, I think people joke that his name is Carson Wentz because every time he throws the ball, it makes you wince. I'm going with Baltimore in this matchup, and I just, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Philadelphia. I really don't. They're a very wild card team. Do I think they can win this game? Like, would I say Baltimore by 50? No, no, absolutely not. Philly could win this game, but I don't think they will. I think they're they're just continuing to reel. That offensive line is still beat up, and Wentz just still isn't making great decisions. That offense played decently well against the Pittsburgh defense last week. They're still just not there, and he's not there as a decision maker yet. So I'm just, I'm going to go with Baltimore this week. And it's interesting, Jalen Hurts. You drafted him. He's We're aggressing. Gonna We're going to see where where's the Jalen Hurts package. Moving forward, we have the Browns, the four and one Browns, to be specific, at the Steelers, who are undefeated. The Browns have four consecutive wins for the first time since 2009, but have not won five straight since 1994, when good old Bill Belichick was their head coach. Um, a key part to their win streak, Mayfield's thrown multiple touchdown passes in four straight games. So Baker, when he's the game engineer and he's a distributor, looking good. Who do you got in this matchup? Well, and this is part of Kyle, uh, Kevin Stefanski's offense. We saw it in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, a guy that. People are like, yeah, you'll get 50% say he's great, 50% say he's, he's well mediocre. Well, how do you how do you take care of that? You run the football. That's how you take care of it. You run the football and set up play action. That way Baker's only going to make five to six big throws a game as opposed to 15 to 20. Okay, here's a problem. Odell Beckham is sick. He has tested negative for coronavirus today. That could change, obviously, as the days go on. He has been out of the facility for two days now, I believe. He is sick. So we don't know his status. I think that's a huge loss for them. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh anyway. Kareem Hunt's been coming out. Did you hear about this? Kareem Hunt came out and said, this game is for Miles Garrett. Doug, Miles Garrett was in the wrong. If anything, Pittsburgh should be playing for Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. That's who they should. Like, this isn't like, this isn't like Miles Garrett got the raw end of the stick here. He got exactly what he deserved. Okay, so Kareem, I, I really don't want to hear it. I do like this Cleveland team. I do think they make the playoffs this year, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this divisional matchup. And it's going to be super interesting to watch Chase Claypool. Four touchdowns last week. I was so high on him. I said that the Giants should get him in the draft, and they didn't end up taking him. And as soon as Pittsburgh got him, I went, oh, that's such a great pick. Such a steal. They're tapping into that potential for sure. Moving forward, the Texans, who have one win and four losses, are at the undefeated Titans. Um, Ryan Tannehill starting at quarterback. The Titans are 11-3 and and have an average of 30.4 points per game, the best win percentage with minimum 10 starts, and most points per game for a Titans or Oilers quarterback since the 1970 merger. Tannehill, the man with the plan. Yeah, and he's the one that really won them the game against Buffalo. When you look at the numbers, Derrick Henry, I think he had about 20 carries for 57 yards or so. Not great. That. It's credit to that Bills defense that I talked about last week. Obviously, they didn't cover the path very well. But uh, I, I like Tennessee in this matchup. 
Houston, Moltner and I talked about this, that they would come out because Bill O'Brien got fired and win one last weekend. They did beat Jacksonville. I don't see them doing it two weeks in a row. Tennessee's back home. They're excited, and hopefully they're beyond COVID, and they're just rolling. I think Derrick Henry has a big day. I think Tannehill could spread it around maybe. I'd say Tannehill gets maybe 215 in this game, but it's probably something like 215, two touchdowns, no picks, which is going to win you this game. So give me Tennessee. I got into an AFC title last year, so we'll see how it goes. We have the Falcons up next, uh, who have no wins, surprisingly, super surprisingly. At the Vikings, who are 1-4. and four. I like to call it toilet bowls, but I have another one in store for that. I'll call this one the snooze bowl, I guess. Um, Atlanta wide receiver Calvin Ridley, NFL high, 400-yard receiving games this season. Julio Jones is down. Atlanta, I don't know what they're doing. They should be good. On paper, they're decent. First rounds all across the board. Not Dan, one win. Dan Quinn is out. Thank goodness for them. Uh, my buddy sent me a tweet from Schefter that said that they're closing down their facilities when those uh, corona tests came back, and they said they were shutting down the facilities until until further testing was done. And I said to my friend, I said, correction, they, sh- they should shut down the facility until Trevor Lawrence steps in the building. Because, honestly, Matt Ryan's been a problem, and not necessarily that he's throwing them out of games. He just hasn't been the Matt Ryan that's getting them over the top. So, And this team isn't getting any younger. It's just not great. Minnesota hasn't been great. They looked good at Seattle. Why? What happened? I I tuned into that game, and Dalvin Cook was running all over that Seattle defense. Now it's not a great Seattle defense, but they were running all over them. That offensive line was dominating everything like that. I like Minnesota in this game. Justin Jefferson starting to come into his own. I think you're starting to see it a little bit. And Adam Thielen is always a weapon if you start trying to double Jefferson or something like that. And I think Kirk Cousins plays well enough but mostly because I think that running game gets going here. And Atlanta is just Atlanta. So even if Atlanta gets up double digits, they're going to blow it anyway. So I'm going to take Minnesota in this one. That's interesting with Matt Ryan possibly getting replaced by Trevor Lawrence as people suspect Atlanta to have the first pick. Maybe he goes back to San Fran. He knows Shanahan. They have a team ready to win now. Jimmy G does not look as healthy as he's been. So it's an interesting piece for Matt Ryan's future because he's only 36. He's only 37. Like That's it. Guys, plenty of football left. To another matchup, the Bears, surprisingly, at 4-1, and one, are at the Panthers, who are 3-2. and two. Matt Rule's done an incredible job down there. Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson now has 300-yard receiving games through five games this season. He only had three all of last season with the Jets. On yeah, because he played with the Jets. Let's, let's be honest about that one. Um, I haven't been high on either one of these teams. I don't think I've picked them yet this, yet this year. I'm not sure. Probably not. Sounds no, about right. I don't think so. So I guess i got to pick one of them this week. I'm going to take Carolina. I like what Matt Rule is doing, and also I'm picking Carolina because it's building my case of why you shouldn't pay a running back. You had the Bears over the Lions, my bad. I did have the Bears over the Lions. Okay, cool. But So I so I got to go with Carolina this time. But again, it's building my case of why you shouldn't pay running backs. Carolina's undefeated without Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry. Great, I mean, great contract if, you know, whatever. i just not a fan of paying running backs. But I like this Carolina team. I like what Matt Rule is doing. He's doing what he's done everywhere else, which is coming and win. Okay, three wins. I think, I think was like a higher ceiling than most people thought for the entire year. Let alone through the first five weeks of the season. Give me Carolina at home. I, I like what they're doing. Chicago again. It's just I think they're one of the worst four and one teams ever. I really do. They just don't. They just don't wow you, but they win. It's weird. So, but give me Carolina in this one. I like them, 
at uh, 1 o'clock on Fox this weekend. That two-quarterback system through five games has everyone confused, so you're not the only one in that argument. And now with the confusing situation, Melvin Gordon got a DUI. He might not be in this game. Shouldn't be in this game. But this game might not be played at all. We have the Broncos at the Patriots, a bunch of COVID tests that got actually postponed from last Monday at 5 o'clock to this Sunday. Um, Things are all over the place, but in good news, Newton has posted a total QBR of 73 in the Patriots' first two games of the season. Um, You saw Brian Hoare and Jared Siddham play the game. Newton's value has increased tremendously for that offense and for Bill. Who do you like in this situation? I like the Pats. I like the Pats big in this situation. I really do. At home, Bill Belichick is going gonna, is gonna to squash Drew Locke, and he's going to really shut down that passing game. Drew Locke returning. Correct. I, I, that's why, I, yeah, I forgot to premise that. But, yeah, he's coming back, and I just think it's a bad day for him. And uh, I, not a lot of people have success going to Foxborough. They just don't. And that's the main reason why I'm picking this game uh, in favor of the Patriots. And that defense, again, like I said, is just so good. It, they are just that good. So uh, give me give me them in a lo- probably a low-scoring game, but uh, Patriots, Patriots pull out in the end. And now the NFL is presented with a weird situation where if they do have to cancel, both the Broncos and the Patriots have used their bye week within the last Correct. week. So does the season get extended to Week 18, Week 19 for makeup games? We're just going to have to see moving forward. And the Bengals, they're 1-3-1. and one. At the Colts, who are 3-2. and two. Um, quarter, Colts quarterback, Phillip Rivers, has thrown four passing touchdowns this season, the fewest through his first five games of the season. Um, he, he is low through six games, is 7, 2007, and 2011. Rivers has also gone under 250 passing yards in four straight. He hasn't done so in five straight since 2013 and 2014. Yeah, he looked really bad last weekend against the Browns. And again, the Browns are a better team this year, but he looked Awful, especially with a uh, with a young secondary that they have. Like, yeah, he should have been better. He looked absolutely awful. It's a really tough game to pick because Cincinnati is going to get Joe Burrow killed. They really are. Just the way they pass pass protect, which I don't even know if you could call it that. I as an offensive lineman, it just disgusts me how much he's getting hit. Which is funny you bring this up the against the Colts because that similar story to Andrew Luck. It's going to be eight or nine in your career at this rate. Correct. So I'm actually really struggling to pick this game. I just, you know what? I'm going to go with Cincinnati in this game. Huge I don't know loss. why I just talked myself into this, but let's go with Cincinnati. I want to see Joe Burrow kind of throw it around the yard a little bit. We'll see if Darius Leonard is back this week. Uh, even then, I'm just going to go with the upset. This is my upset of the week. Give are, me Cincinnati. Are you an A.J. Green hitter? The second he leaves the field, they're going to pick the Bengals? Uh, yeah. People are asking. Let's roll People with are it. asking. Let's roll with it. Into the toilet bowl. Now this one's a good oh, one. Oh, this game is garbage. The Lions, the one and three Lions at the one and four Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, this isn't even the game I thought you were gonna pick. No, no. This well, we've is got a, this, another toilet. This we've is a got toilet a treat bowl. for you guys, by the way. We've got three toilet bowls this week. But go ahead with the first one. Minshew needs two hundred thirty-five passing yards to have the most ever, the most ever by a Jaguars QB through six games. He can also join Mark Brunel, 1999, as the only player in Jaguars history with three straight 300-yard passing games. Minshew providing rejuvenation in their passing game. It's been treating them not too well. What do you I, like? Hasn't wait a minute. Haven't they only been around since like the early 90s? Okay. I think. Yeah, but still, think, setting career history marks 20 years on the road. It's still right. something <laughs> to celebrate. I guess so. But I'm going to take them this week. I'm going to take Minshew. Uh, they, I like their weapons. Again, they're they're all just young. They're a really young football team. And, you know, every once in a while when you're young, it clicks. 
everything kind of goes your way and stuff like that. And again, this is a Detroit team that I think Matt Patricia is losing that locker room by the second, not by the minute or the game or the year, by the second. So I just, even if Detroit gets up big, they've lost their last six games when having a double-digit lead. Give me, give me Jacksonville at home in front of those rowdy, pesky fans down there in Florida. Moving forward, this is the toilet bowl you wanted me to call, but I'm not going to do it, and I'll explain why. This is the Washington football team, who are 1-4, at the 0-5 New York Giants. And the reason why I don't want to call this the toilet bowl is because, despite the records, both of these teams have played fairly decent defense. I'm a defensive guy. I like defense. I like to watch defense. And when you're keeping teams down to 20 points, you're not a horrible football team. You just can't score the ball. That's well, why I, this isn't the toilet bowl, and last game I referred to was. Who do you like in this matchup? I'm proud, I'm proud that we've gotten you to the point of calling them the football team. Yes. I really am. I'm, prou- I'm proud we're starting to get to that moment. Dude, these teams are awful. These teams are disgusting. Neither one has a real weapon. Darius Slayton, woohoo for the Giants. Terry McLaurin, who's a really good weapon. They can't get him the ball for God knows whatever reason. These teams stink. As, as Moldner put it last week, they stink. I'll tell you the reason. Three quarterbacks, five weeks is why they can't get into the rhythm. They stink, period. Exclamation point, they stink. Okay, they benched Dwayne Haskins, and they were just like, oh, this guy sucks. Okay, so let's put in Kyle Allen. Gets hurt. Okay, let's put in Alex Smith, the comeback story of the year. Oh, yeah, by the way, our offense got worse than when Dwayne Haskins was in the game. Can I just say something out loud? I am so mad, so mad the Washington football team benched Dwayne Haskins because now they have robbed us of the Dwayne Haskins-Daniel Jones matchup. Gettleman knew it. Dwayne Haskins, he sniffed him right out. Well, Phony. But again, like, look what he got put into. And again, their offense is better when Dwayne Haskins is on the field. That it's they're not Forest good. fire from the Jets has crept down east. Right, it's slowly getting there. The Giants, listen, somebody's got to win this game. The Giants are going to win this game. I they, they always find a way to beat Washington. It's just the way it is. The matchup of the game this year, though, Jolan, is uh, Chase Young versus Andrew Thomas. The guy the Giants should have had versus the guy the Giants ended up getting in this year's in the in this past year's draft. So that's going to be quite the matchup, and it's coming from Daniel Jones's blind side. So if he's letting Chase Young get to the quarterback, Daniel Jones is going to be fumbling like he normally does, and we're screwed. Okay, but I'm going to take the Giants because they always find a way to beat Washington. If you can't draft them, draft someone to stop them. But make no mistake, if you're a regular football fan outside of this area, this is just about as big of a toilet bowl as the last game was. Well, let's just stay in the toilet because we can move forward with the Jets matchup at the Dolphins. The 0-5 Jets, I will say. Um, The Jets started 0-6 only once in franchise history in 1996. The team finished 1-15. And and as of now, have a league-high 43.6% chance to get the top pick in the 2021 draft. Their schedule is hard. Their team's bad. Their coach is the worst in the NFL. Who do you like here? I'm like at the point where... I feel bad. I feel bad. Like, being an older sibling, like, sometimes you pick on your your little sibling so much, you actually, like, start to feel bad for him at a certain extent. I think I'm getting there with the Jets. Like, I I, I actually feel bad for them and actually, like, bashing them so much. I'm starting to feel a little bit bad. But, Jolene, you want to know how bad the Jets are? Miami is favored by nine and a half in this game. Or at least that's what it opened. It's 10 now. It, it's 10 now. It's 10. When was the last time Miami was favored by 10? Oof. Before it, they drafted years, Josh Rosen. Years. That's for sure. It had to be years ago, likely. Okay? Because the Dolphins hadn't been that good in, in years. Okay? I'm going to take Miami in this game. But I'll tell you as a Jeff fan, the, these two games against Miami that you're going to play this year, one of your only two chances to get a win. Okay? 
You got to beat Miami at some point. But I think in the Sunshine State, Miami coming off that great win against San Francisco, I don't know if the Jets have a prayer and go enjoy the Miami nightlife, I guess. But, you know, I, I, it's got to be weird trying to enjoy, like, South Beach and stuff like that when you just stink that bad. Like, you just... Uh, the public hates you. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's really bad. But go Miami in this one. Now, from the snooze bowls and the toilet bowls, we could get into some real good games here. We'll start with the undefeated Packers at Tom Brady's Buccaneers. Um, the Packers, 93.3 offensive efficiency, is the second highest through four team games since 2008, which was 95 by the Rams in 2018. Uh, Green Bay now has four consecutive games, scoring at least 30 points with zero turnovers, tied for the second longest streak in NFL history, 2010 Patriots with seven straight. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun matchup. This is in Tampa Bay. Which, if I'm the Packers, I'm studying what the L.A. Chargers did to them two weeks ago. Because in that first half, they were dominant. And that game turned on a fumble late in the first half that the Chargers gave up. They were supposed to take a knee. To the defense, was that the Herbert first game? That was Herbert's. That was his first. That was his second start. Yeah, so not too much tape. I can see a young quarterback exploding. But I think think there's some concepts that you can exploit from that. And listen, this off, Tampa Bay better get rolling here. Or else they're, they're going to find themselves sitting on the outside looking in. Green Bay's undefeated. They're they're also not. I don't think they're a great football team overall. It just I don't think that defense is as great as it's been playing, and it hasn't even been lighting the world on fire. They've just been good enough. That defense has been. Well, that's the thing. When you're good enough and you don't have penalties, you don't have turnovers, you score touchdowns, opening possession. It's super hard to lose. Right, and you're getting 2015 Aaron Rodgers right now, which is scary for everybody else. What Tom Brady are we going to get? Are we going to get the GOAT Tom Brady, or are we getting the Tom Brady that forgot which how many quarters or how many downs there were in the game? Which Tom Brady are we getting? I'm going to say this. I'm going to roll with Green Bay in this game. I think because what Tampa Bay likes to do, and Todd Bowles specifically on defense, he likes to blitz a lot. And I'm going to tell you right now, that you better have good cover guys against that. And I, I don't mean just good. I mean you have to have great. Because if those guys get beat off a press, just say you have your X receiver out to the boundary and he's getting pressed by the corner, if he gets beat right off the ball, you're screwed. Because Aaron Rodgers is going to find that matchup and he's going to know. When the blitz is coming, I think that's when Aaron Rodgers is at his best. So look for that game plan. I think Green Bay squeaks out one. Maybe Mason Crosby kicks a game-winning field goal here. But give me Green Bay in this matchup. To Sunday night primetime, the 4-1 Rams are at the 2-3 and 49ers. About when they scheduled this game, they predicted the Niners to be a little bit better than they were. Um, Rams quarterback Jared Goff has 70% completion rate in three consecutive road games. The second longest streak in Rams history was Kurt Warner with five. Give me the Rams. They're just rolling. Yep. I think they're, they're playing great football right now. And they obviously they haven't been playing great teams. They played the Giants and Washington, but San Francisco hasn't proved to be a great football team. This and they're year. hurt all over the and place. And they're hurt everywhere. And Jimmy G is now his future's up in the air. Give me Los Angeles. Jimmy in this G one. still looks hurt. I'll throw that out there. Right, but give me Los Angeles in this one because I think Sean McVay's on a roll. We saw what he could do on a roll back in 2017. Uh, they did just a, or 2018. Whenever they went to the Super Bowl, they did such a good job. So I like their hot hand right now. Give me give me LA in this one. From Sunday night primetime, we'll go to what I think is the game of the week of Monday night, five o'clock. The four and one Chiefs at the four and one Bills. Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes began his twenty eighteen MVP season by completing sixty four percent of his passes 
1,513 yards and 14 touchdowns with only two interceptions and an 86.1 total QBR through five games. That stat line is not too far off from what Allen has done through five games at 69% completion, 1,589 yards, 14 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. Right, and, you know, again, Josh Allen wasn't great last week. Let's be very frank about that. And before any questions start, Le'Veon Bell cannot play this week. He has to go through five days of COVID testing, including a negative test on the sixth day, okay, in order to start practicing and come into the facility. So he will not be playing in this game. Cloud added with Solaire owners. Rejoice. You still have a week with them. You still have a week. So you still got a week to figure something out. I like Kansas City to rebound in this game. I think last week against the Raiders, they got embarrassed. I really do. Patrick Mahomes was not himself. He looked timid almost. He looked he looked rattled in the pocket. Which, we've ha- which we haven't seen. I think he comes back with a vengeance. That Buffalo defense is really good, okay? But I, I like Kansas City just a hair bit This is just a testament last week to Gruden. People always forget, like, oh, he's an offensive, he's a quarterback guy. He's a good NFL coach, both sides of the football, whichever way you cut it up. He had the better scheme last week. I'll give it to him. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while his 80s style works. And then he can tell everybody to go shove it, almost like Kirk Cousins. That you like, <laughs> you like he, that? Yeah, right. That's. I mean, Gruden should adopt that too. <laughs> Every time it works, he should be like, "You like?" He should do that to the analytics guys because he always goes after the analytics. He's like, he should be like, "You like that?" And it, you know, they'd be like, "No, <laughs> no, they'd, don't." They'd be sad and go defensive back to the touchdowns, defensive picks to the three yard line and three yard runs, bread right. and butter. But I don't know what happened to Buffalo last week. Both teams coming into this game, they're going to be angry, going to be fired up to play. I don't know what the weather's like in Buffalo. I don't really care. I like Patrick Mahomes in this one to rebound because, like I said, they were they were flat out disgusting last week. Okay, I think they try to rebound this week. Betters take the over on this and 100% take the over of two and a half touchdowns for each quarterback because that game's going to be a shootout. To move us to our last game of the week of Monday, a 15, we have the Cardinals at the Dallas Cowboys, led by Andy Dalton. Now, who do you like in this matchup? The Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, and I think that used to be his nickname. Or still is, maybe. And we had talked about the Cowboys already in this episode, so I'm just going right into it. Listen to me, Dallas. Dallas, listen, pay attention. Give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. You give Zeke. I'm going to tell you right now, Zeke gets more than 22 carries in this game. They win the game, no matter what. Okay, give Zeke the ball without Dak there. Listen, I'm not saying Andy Dalton's incompetent, but I think Andy Dalton thrives very much in the role that we've seen Ryan Tannehill flourish under, but we're seeing Baker Mayfield flourish under this year. Run the ball with who they say is the best running back in football. He certainly gets paid like it. Hand him the rock. Let Andy Dalton make a few nice throws on this Arizona defense that has been anything less than impressive. Chandler Jones is out for them now, I believe, the rest of the year, or at least the next few weeks. Okay, so he's out. And Kyler, he just turns the ball over a little bit too much. He's going to have a massive game in this one because who doesn't against the Cowboy defense? Oh, this is a tough pick. You know what? I I don't. I just hate the Cowboys too much. I'm going Arizona in this yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's Arizona. Give me pick. Arizona. I, I I really like them in this game. But again, if Zeke if Zeke is eaten, Arizona's in trouble. But I don't think he will. Give me Arizona. D Hop at least ten grabs. I bet. Um, and that closes out technically what would be week six, and we could continue on to week seven, our Thursday night game. The New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. You could just, this is a boring game. Chalk it up. Yeah. Chalk it up. It's the toilet bowl again. Chalk, chalk. <laughs> yeah, but th- here's the problem. It's only got half a toilet. Like, at least Philadelphia can say, hey, we just haven't been playing well. 
The Giants just don't. Yeah, Philadelphia is running water. Right. I'm just. It's hard. The Giants just make it tough every single week. I'm going with Philadelphia. The Giants haven't beaten the Eagles since probably since before I was born. It feels like that. I think it was 2016. Realistically, it like I said, it feels like it's been 22 years. But I, uh, uh, I don't, I don't like the Giants in this game. Carson Wentz will make some great decisions. You hear that, that listeners? It sounds like growth. Goose not picking the Giants. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. 0-16, right. Trevor Lawrence in New York. Sounds about Well, I haven't been picking them the past few weeks. I think the last time I picked them was the Bears game, and then I picked them this week because they're playing Washington. Which Slowly ugh. but surely, getting away slowly. from the wins on the Giants. I, pi- I, I picked the Rams. I said the Rams were going to cover the spread, and they didn't. Them Rams. So that covers the NFL week six into week seven's Thursday night game. Uh, Goose, what do we have on college football? One week away from the Big Ten. Um, Notre Dame's looking to have their third or fourth consecutive 10-win season this year. A lot happening in college football. Yeah, we're going to see that Notre Dame's been been bugged with COVID and everything's kind of getting wacky for them. But they've been playing great. The North Carolina Tar Heels with Mac Brown, if you remember Mac Brown from the Texas days, Texas days. He, he's got that guy. team. He's got that team undefeated, and they're ranked fifth in the country as of right now. They're playing great ball right now. But the big news this week was Nick Saban has coronavirus, which, listen, Coco. sometimes, I've been seeing this on Twitter, sometimes you don't want to poke the bear. And, uh, you know, the Barstool guys were joking about it. Like, if you, they said they said they think Saban getting it could be a turning point because there's just some people you don't try to hit with the coronavirus. And Nick Saban, he's got a winning record against just about everybody. So uh, that, that's, we'll see how they do. They're, they're, they've got a built-in excuse whether they win or lose against Georgia. Either, oh, man, we lost because we didn't have our coach, or we won it for Nick in his memory, and, like, all this other crap. There's a storyline out of that game regardless. Right, but there's wild upsets everywhere. There's going to be a wild upset this week somewhere. Don't know where. This week's on Thursday night was Coastal Carolina, or on Wednesday night, actually, was Coastal Carolina defeating the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. The Coastal Carolina offensive line makes me... Makes me very proud. Are they, they 4-0 for the first time in team history? I think so. The the Chanticleers, I think, is their mascot. Yeah. They don't have a single offensive lineman starting that's above 6-4. 6-3, actually. Ground and pound football. Absolutely. Lowest man wins. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. And uh, be- best of luck to them moving forward in the season. They beat uh, Louisiana was the 21st team in the country. So there's a big upset for you. We're going to move down to somewhere where we didn't see an upset, and that was the NBA as expected, that series closed out with LeBron and AD and the Lakers winning the title. LeBron taking home the finals MVP in unanimous fashion, of course, because that was never actually a debate. It was just something people wanted to stir up to fi- to finally get some excitement in that series. That's what they were trying to do. This Laker team, just a, a fantastic job. And Joel, what I'll say is they've had great basketball IQ. They've got probably the smartest player of all time in LeBron. They've got a top five smartest guy ever in Rajon Rondo. Anthony Davis is starting to get there after a year with LeBron. You're starting to see other guys on the team. Avery Bradley, who I think is a super smart player, wasn't even there in the bubble. You're starting to see some that some of that. Kudos to Dwight Howard, who got his first ring. A guy that is, if he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer before, he is certainly now because he has that championship on his resume. You got dudes like Alex Caruso, who's a meme. He's now an NBA champion. J.R. Smith had his shirt off before the game even ended in typical J.R. fashion. 
Okay, Markeith Morris. The list goes on and on. This was a great season. Uh, they did a fa- the NBA did a fantastic, fantastic. job. Uh, these guys finally get to go home, got to go home, and I'm so proud of what the NBA did. And it was never easy, but there they were able to crown a champion at the end of this thing without any stoppages outside of the walkout that the players had for a day or two, and that was it. But they did a really great job. And now we're on to LeBron and the Lakers. They got some key free agents. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who played a big role. He's gone. Rajon Rondo is a free agent. He actually opted out already, and he's definitely leaving. There's rumors. Well, the opt-outs, sometimes they want to do that to come back. for Like AD opted out of his player option for almost $29 million, but he's going to re-sign long-term. Exactly, and for more money probably yearly. But Rondo's been tied to the team across the arena in the L.A. Clippers, who desperately need a point guard because Kawhi Leonard has yet to win without a point guard. Tony Parker, Kyle Lowry, two two bona fide point guards that have been Super great competent. in this league. Correct. All stars at their level. Correct. And both very smart. Patrick Beverly, still learning. He's more of a guy that just needs to you don't want to hand him that point guard role. He's a hustle bucket. He's defense. He's right. gritty. But Rondo with his IQ, they just signed Ty Lu to be their new head coach. That's the big news out of the NBA. And Jolan, I think this is, you know, I think Rondo. Man, that dude would just be turning his back on everybody. He went from Boston to L.A. and then to then to little brother. That would be... And that's the storyline here. You have to realize Rondo early on in his career was with KG. He was with Ray Allen. He was with Paul Pierce. And he was the fourth guy on a super team. The first super team they want to call in this era. And he played amazing. He won yeah. a championship in 09 with the Celtics. Story the 17th. And now 10 years, 11 years later... He's throwing the 17th for the Lakers. Yeah. So it's it's a super, super great closeout if this is the end of Rondo's career. Um, they've all had a fantastic run, the Lakers in particular. A bunch of misfits who basically got together and willed their way to a victory. Frank Vogel got LeBron to buy in, credit to him. And that whole, whole community, man, they deserve it. It's yeah. been a long year for L.A., and I couldn't be more happy for them. Yeah, we talked about this when this whole thing first started. All the storylines behind the Lakers winning. LeBron's fourth title, third uh, third different team to do that. Had that historical Dwight context. Dwight Howard now. Dwight Hall, Howard. Hall of Fame worthy. Playoff Rondo. You've got the passing of Kobe Bryant and what was on this Laker team. And credit to LeBron. When that story broke, he said, God made my shoulders wide for a reason. And he really did put the city and the team on his back. And he did, he did a fantastic job. Again, not the gaudy numbers we saw like in the 2018 Cavs, but that's why you got a guy like Anthony Davis there who showed up when it when it mattered in terms of some games. He was needed to be that guy. In the how, finals, he struggled just a little bit, but he didn't have to be great. And that's how great LeBron is. 28-9-8 and eight is a down year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was a, it was an okay playoff run. Like, it's just incredible and credit to them and everything they, they did now. Looking forward to next year. Chris Chris Paul is rumored to want to go to the Lakers. I disagree. Uh, Carme- where's Carmelo Anthony going to go? It looks like he's got a lot left in the tank. Rondo, again, I said he could go to little brother now, and I think that would make them a very much bona fide championship team uh, because, again, Rondo, just he's so smart and, and witty and in the way he plays. And a guy like playoff Rondo could take over a game in which the playoffs, we've seen him which do. you need him he to did, do. Basically, him to do. he did in Game 6, yeah. the NBA Finals. He basically took that game over in the first half. He was terrific. But, Joel, and I guess this is my last question to wrap up the NBA. 
when should the season start? There's a lot of talk about how what's a proper amount of rest time. Let's not forget, COVID's still going to be here, so they got to make some plans. They got to make some adjustments. What do you think? What do you think they should do? When should they start? What's their course of action? Here's my pitch to the NBA, and I think this should be a foolproof plan. I'm actually just thinking about this as we're going over it. I think you should have a shorter season and a 60-something game season. You should have a couple games beforehand for like a preconditioning, obviously. But the second game, let's say 18 of an 82-game season were to be played, that would make, what, 68 games left? Or no, I'm, I'm off by a couple numbers, but still, 60-something left, 62. Um, from that point forward, you'd have 62 games left in the season. It would be the same track of time. And now you just head into the playoffs with 60 games on your belt. Yeah, I guess I, it's complicated because I don't know what they do in terms of do they look to bubble these guys up again? Do they take their crack at bubbling these guys in their own cities? Which, to me, is something they should look to do if they can. It was 64, by the way. Right. Look to travel if and when they can. Okay, I, I want to see them try it because, again, we saw guys talk about the mental the mental health aspect of the bubble, and it's something that can't be understated. It, it is just a part of the athlete nowadays. You want to go back and you want to scream about the 80s and the 90s and these guys never had a mental issue. No, they did. They did. They were so stigmatized from saying something about it that they couldn't talk about it. Dennis Rodman was so crazy. He hopped on a plane and went to Vegas the night of a finals game. Dennis Rodman also... Like, do, you, do you know how Dennis Rodman got to the Chicago Bulls? Because he was found in Detroit sleeping in his car with a gun on him. Oh, the Lord only knows what he would have done had he been awake. After that, he got released and went to San Antonio. Then the whole nine yards. But the mental aspect is just so so big. So it's I been think there. I think if the NBA can try to keep these guys and play in the home arenas, try to limit travel as much as they possibly can. Maybe maybe something you look at Jolan is playing all your conference for half the season. Play your conference for half the season. And then in the second half, you know the West is gonna go out east, and they're just gonna they're gonna bubble in in a city and just kind of kind of like a college road trip. You know when people would go different different schools. Yeah, per you know, you conference, one, per matchup, exactly. right? One you know divisions and all that stuff. Obviously, Toronto's gonna be interesting because we saw the Blue Jays got basically kicked out of Toronto because Canada is saying the hell with the USA. Stay out of well, here. Well, no, they took the NHL. They're just saying well, if you're going to come to USA, stay here. It's got to be a bubble. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, we'll, we're going to have to see what happens. It's so smart. It, I think the game should start on Christmas. I, I'm a big believer in that. I thought they should have started on Christmas even when things are normal, even when things go back to normal, because Christmas Day basketball, that's when... Nobody watches November basketball. Everybody says the season doesn't start until Christmas. Well, now start the season on Christmas. Okay, maybe, you know, and again, it gets complicated with the Olympics next year, so you can't go as long. You can't, like, because I would push the playoffs back into the summertime, but obviously you can't do that this coming year. But I think, I think you, I think you got to keep windows open. I think you got to start the season as early as you can because you're going to have to have flexibility within the year. So to me, start it on Christmas, get everybody excited. The one thing people can be excited for for Christmas this year. I think that's where the NBA should go from there. And you hit the nail on the head. Christmas for a lot of families in this country is not going to be the same as it has been. We've been through a very rough year. Yeah. Help your neighbors. Love your neighborhood. It's going to be tough for everybody to get through. And to look forward to something like this would be in the NBA's best interest. Right, and let alone not being able to go shop at malls. Some might not even be able to travel and see each other. Exactly. Okay? So uh, that is definitely an interesting aspect. 
Now, to a league that's going to crown a champion in about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. At this Ma- rate, it could be five days. <laughs> Major League Baseball. Right. We we have no idea. It's Major League Baseball. They're in their kind of bubble cities out in San Diego with the ALCS and in Arlington, Texas, in the NLCS where they actually have fans. They can have up to 11,000 fans. Texas It's been kind of cool. Yeah, we, we all know Texas doesn't know if they actually believe in the coronavirus or not. But Alabama still doesn't, and Nick Saban has No, it. Alabama does not because their Lord and Savior got it, and now he's going <laughs> to beat it, and then, yeah. That's the definitely whole, fake to them now. <laughs> right, the whole nine. And so now we're at the Rays series. They were up. The Rays were up on the Astros, and you and Moltner were hitting this thing on the head. Uh, the Rays are going to make easy work of the Astros. The Astros have rallied now to win the last two. Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa. Who's a guy that, by the way, if anybody's been talking as much crap about this whole cheating thing, he listen, he said what he said. He's laughing in your face. Right. But he's also producing, too. He's also the one guy in the middle of the year where Bregman was hitting 240 and Altuve was barely hitting above 200, maybe Still below. Is. Correa was at, like, 360. Like, the dude has just been balling out. He's He can, with two more home runs, he can tie the postseason record for most home runs ever in a postseason. He's been really, really good. Walk-off home run in Game 5. Now, Jolan, I said this stat on the radio the other day. There has been, I think it's been 34 instances of a team going down 3-0 in the championship series or Major League Baseball playoffs. Only nine of them have actually forced a Game 5. The last team to force a Game 6 was the 2004 Boston Red Sox. They completed that comeback against the Yankees. I feel like 3-1 comebacks, especially... 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. Right, that's the difference. It's 3-0 no is where they came from. 3-0 and 3-1 comebacks nowadays, I feel like, a little bit easier to get over the hump. I don't know why, it's just speculation, but we've seen more and more of them as of recently. I, I I don't know. I would have to look at the numbers to see how, how close that actually is. Off the top is. of my head, Cleveland, Cleveland Indians got upset. Um Warriors beat the Thunder three one down three one. I'm just off the top of my head. Right. It's been more prominent. Those recently. actually all happened in a year, by Which the way. Which is wild. A year, right? Because the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. That's when that happened. True, and that series before LeBron and series. That, yeah. And the, oh my goodness. Yeah. 2016. That, that all happened the, the year of the year. comeback. 2016 was a great year, by the way. I was saying yeah, this to somebody the other day. Too. Yeah. It was a fantastic year for me. Um, obviously not uh, whatever you believe in the political landscape. Uh, that depends. But a great year all around for me personally. So. That was uh that was quite the time to be alive. But again, 3-0 comebacks we don't see. Those are about as rare as it gets. Okay, so we're going to see can the Astros force game 7? Are they going to go home? Do the Rays finally shut the door? When is Tyler Glasnow coming back for the Rays? Is, can Clayton Kershaw perform in the postseason? Well, that's that leads me into the NLCS where the Braves are up 3 to 1. The Dodgers going to have to pull something off right now. Clayton Kershaw had a chance to get this series tied at 2-2 with a strong performance on Thursday night, and just absolutely blew it. There's no doubt. There's no other way to put it. He blew it. He blew it. And it's just a, another storyline of Kershaw in the playoffs. Right. Like, and he, it's so sad. He's, you know, he's the James Harden of of Major League Baseball. He's, I I don't even know. There's so it's just so hard. The Russell Westbrook of the right of the postseason, and now they now they play on the same, same team. team. <laughs> uh, their GM stepped down, by the way, Daryl Morey. So maybe they'll get away from shooting Westbrook eight, on the move. Eighty nine sure. threes a game. He's been rumored to the Knicks, although everybody and their mother, including myself, has been rumored to the Knicks. Listeners, they, go on Google and type in your favorite player with a Knicks jersey, and there's an edit there. I bet my life on it. Guaranteed. But we're gonna see the can the Rays and the Braves close it out 
that would be Joel on quite the World Series for this wacky season. It would fit perfectly. Instead, you know, instead of what everybody thought we were going to see, which would potentially be the Astro, the cheating Strohs against the LA Dodgers, which would be which would have some entice. I thought it was going to be Yankees Dodgers, but uh, to have to have those two ball clubs down in Tampa Bay and Atlanta would be something would be something else. Just to wrap up, I, I was really really hard in the MLB and Rob Manfred in particular about this um, for them to have the World Series coming up in October to feel like baseball and and, and the norm. It's a really good sign. For us as a country and us as in sports leagues moving forward, I think MLB did a fantastic job handling it on the fly when they should have been more proactive. But still, nonetheless, we're going to a championship. The World Series will be played this year. Right. And listen, they deserve the criticism. Okay? They absolutely It was deserve, fair criticism. Just yeah. as the NFL today, when I bash them, they deserve that criticism. Now, in hindsight, yes, they got a control under it. But they deserve that criticism. They still might strike. Okay, so we don't they're not completely out of the woods, but you're right. Congrats to them to get even to this point to get to a championship. Uh we said we had the Cardinals, didn't the Cardinals have to play like 48 games in 53 days or something like that or got vice done. versa? It got done. It got done. They did a great job. They're putting a good product out on the field. And again, 11,000 fans at the World Series is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be cool. I think it's going to be awesome. So just keep an eye out for that. And uh I think in a Tampa Braves series I, I I'm just gonna take the Rays this year. I just, oh yeah, they've just been they just find ways to do it. They they took down you know they, as a Met fan you know you look at the Yankees it's almost like Darth Vader. So like the Rays took down Darth Vader like they they beat them up pretty good this year. The Rays actually long. I just watched Moneyball before I got in here and it reminds me of the, so the, much of Moneyball the, the Oakland A's the statistics yeah. the the analytics of replacing a, a on base percentage of Giambi of like four sixty six. With two guys that could do that at a great movie with yeah. Brad Pitt, by the way, it's fantastic a fantastic film. movie. But it, the age of analytics is here, and it's never been more prominent than right now with the Rays. Right, and they have to capitalize because again, like we talked about, they're not a big market team. They are going to lose guys to free agency. That's just the way it is. That's the way it always has been. And when you're a championship team, you always lose guys anyway. But nonetheless, I think the Rays take home the trophy. They go back to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gets their second championship in the four major sports this year. They took home the NHL trophy. So quite quite the year, quite the year for Tampa Bay. I think I think they're going to cap it off. If predictions really are right, keep those party buses warm and keep moving because I know Florida doesn't shut down at all. <laughs> no, Florida does not shut down at all. And the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is this their calling? Is this is this the week? Maybe they see the Tampa Bay Rays go to the World Series and they start picking it up. Who knows? Nobody knows. But that's just pure speculation. That's going to do it here for episode twenty-one. It's been a lot of fun, Jolan. It's always fun. You can follow me on social media at Gosker56 on Twitter or at Goose on the Mic on Instagram. Jolan, where might the people be able to follow you and the podcast? You can follow me on Twitter at Good Old Joel's or Instagram at Jolan by Oqua, or you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out or Instagram at Air It Out.podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, again, you can reach us at those. Please reach out. We want to know if you want to be on the podcast. Please call us. Please reach out to us. Do whatever you got to do. But Joel, on another fun and exciting episode, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a packed show again next week. Maybe a guest, maybe not. We're gonna see. But we're gonna see in Le'Veon Bell's debut next weekend. So keep that all in mind. And everybody, I hope you're staying safe with the rising COVID numbers. I really hope everybody's staying safe at home and uh, and just enjoying our content. So 
And that's going to do it, Jolan. So until next week, until week seven, and until episode 22. Put in the books.